Hi, Matt. So good to see you. Hi, East. Great to see you. Oh, Matt, should we tell everybody that we go back? We go way back. You were one of my teachers at Pacific College in the late 90s. And must I say, one of my all-time favorites, favorites, favorites. Wow. So this is an honor to be um, talking with you in this podcast. We're going to talk about upcoming symposium. What you're up to, you've been up to so much from teacher at PCOM to creating SMAC, uh, Sports Medicine Acupuncture Certification Programs, a book that you published in 2019 that was 25 years in the making, and your motor point chart. Oh my goodness, we have so much to talk about. Let's dive in if you're ready. Thank you, East. That's really a great introduction. I really appreciate that. That's very heartfelt, and I like it. And that. it's very honest, very honest. I mean, side note, I had a boyfriend when I was in school and he didn't think I knew what I was doing. And I said, oh, okay. Cause he said, you know, I was hurting him with my acupuncture. Okay, I want you to come to one of my teachers. And I remember taking him to your office and you did your deep needling. He got great results. But after that, he was like, okay, okay. <laughs> so I would always threaten, like, I'm gonna take you back to Matt, you know, if you're not, if you're not careful. But um, anyway, let's start with, I know you're presenting at Symposium this year and I'm super excited. You're gonna talk about nerve entrapment syndrome in the morning, and then you have a full day on muscle testing for practitioners, which I know I've used in my practice, super helpful. Can you tell us a little bit more about the muscle testing whole day uh, workshop experience with you, how you might use it, and, and a little bit more about the muscle testing? Awesome. Hey, before we jump into that, can I talk about the morning lecture a little bit? Sure, please. Okay. All right, so that nerve entrapment syndrome, uh, nerve entrapment syndromes is something that the signs and symptoms that a patient will have will commonly come into an acupuncturist's office. Um, there can be nerve entrapments that cause the most subtle little pain syndromes that may actually be contributing to a pain syndrome that the patient is complaining about proximal or distal. So whenever you have a nerve entrapment syndrome, just slightly compressing against that nerve, it can contribute to other problems elsewhere. And interesting that many nerve entrapment syndromes also correlate with where the binding regions are in the TCM Jing Jin from chapters 13 in the Ling Shu, which is really quite fascinating. But then there's also the least nerve entrapment syndromes that are not part of the binding regions that maybe should be. So this lecture is basically talking about certain areas for acupuncturists to check when they're treating particular types of injuries that are outside of regular acupuncture points or trigger points or motor points. So that, it's only 50 minutes, so we can't get too deep with it, but I like to be able to give some nuggets to be able to use at least. Now for the, for the one day, for the manual muscle testing, um, this is something that I've been teaching for well over 30 years, and I think it's a really excellent assessment for musculoskeletal injury. Um, something to be able to use right alongside with uh, tongue diagnosis and pulse diagnosis as well, is that with manual muscle testing, not only can you diagnose where an injury is, it helps to identify which channel is affected. Once you know what channel is affected, then you know what points you can be able to use to change the pain from the manual muscle test or to change the weakness from the manual muscle test. In addition to if you know the channel that's involved, then you can also pair it with channel correspondences. So with manual muscle tests, not only we're we gonna be looking at the biomechanical aspect of the body, 
but also looking at it through the lens of TCM and how we can actually combine the two together. Can you give us a little, maybe a story from practice where you've used manual muscle testing in practice? Sure, okay. All right, so let's say, for example, somebody's coming in with sacroiliac joint pain, which is a really common thing that acupuncture can treat. A majority of those cases, the patient will come in with an elevated iliac. One side's higher than the other, and that's something that you can go ahead and measure. A majority of the time on that side that's high, the glute medius and minimus will be in a weakened position. So when the practitioner tests the glute medius and minimus on that elevated ilium side, perhaps the same side that's causing the sacroiliac joint pain, and it's weak, patients don't like to be weak. Nobody likes to actually be weak. And so when you determine one of the possibilities through manual muscle testing of what could be contributing to this person's sacred iliac joint pain. And then you change the strength with acupuncture because you reassess the test after your treatment, that's an always. And the patient is amazed how well they actually start to feel. So that's empirical evidence right there and right then. That's pretty great stuff. So there's, that's just one example of the many things that we'll talk about on that one day. Does that help? Yeah, is there, do you tie in applied kinesiology muscle testing into this? Is this part of it? Because I don't know if anybody's gonna get confused when they hear muscle testing, they might think we're referring to applied kinesiology muscle testing where sometimes people will do it for supplements to see, oh, is this supplement good for you? And they do the muscle testing. This is much different. Uh, it's different, however, the applied kinesiology courses, I actually took twice, they're two 100 hour courses. I think the clarification I might be important is the difference between manual muscle testing grades one through five in Western biomedical views versus the manual muscle testing that's more specific to that muscle. Um, so the manual muscle testing can be used for supplements, things like that. Um, I used to do that for a while in my practice and I kind of have faded away. Um, there's, there's, it, it can be very objective in that particular case. There are ways to be able to refine it a bit more um, with it. Most of the time that I'm using manual muscle testing to get a better idea of what's happening, happening kinesiologically, biomechanically with that body, and then understanding why the person is actually injured. Yeah. And what's also awesome about it is, like you said, it gives you that empirical evidence that you you test them, they test weak, mm -hmm. you do an intervention, whether it's acupuncture, acupressure, maybe you do some manual therapy with the patient, you might do some gua sha, cupping, what have you, retest them, and both of you can see a difference in the muscle strength. Mm -hmm. So that's right there, proof that's uh, of efficacy. It is, it's something that really kind of blows the patient's mind, especially if one of the points, let's say for example, um, supraspinatus tendinopathy. You do a you do a manual muscle test for the supraspinatus, and it's it's slightly painful and weak for the patient. So you've you've identified where the pain is. The supraspinatus is definitely involved because it was painful and weak. You could needle the motor point of the supraspinatus, and that muscle would turn on automatically. But would it last? That's the thing that we have to be able to look at. You could also use the source point. You could use a she-cleft point as well. And that would probably change the manual muscle test. 
But what if this patient was somebody that was very livery? Maybe they have a vente coffee in the morning and a bottle of wine at night, something like that, right? And they're coming with supraspinatus tenopathy, liver tendons, right? So then you go to the opposite, you do the manual muscle test with supraspinatus, and you go to the opposite hip, the adductor longus, which is on the liver channel. And it is a neurologically linked muscle with the supraspinatus because you have supraspinatus shoulder abduction on the opposite hip. You have hip adduction. So the two actually communicate during gait. So with this patient, you needle the adductor longus far away from the supraspinatus and all of a sudden it strengthens with very, very little pain. That's something that's really actually fun to be able to show the patient. And as a diagnostician, it's showing you that, yes, this person's liver disharmony is contributing to part of their pain. So as a TCM practitioner, you start looking at, well, what are points for UB18, liver 13 for spleen? Um, what can we do as far as verbally is concerned? What other points can we use to be able to start changing the liver chi to help this person's supraspinatus tendinopathy? That's just another example. I love it. And then how would you, let's, let's keep going on that trajectory of that patient that has the, you know, vente latte in the morning and then the wine at night. How do you coach them lifestyle wise on, Hey, you know, cause they're going to be wowed by the motor points and the um, manual muscle testing afterwards. But like you said, will it have lasting results if they continue this behavior that is putting the liver out of balance, how do you approach that with the patients to kind of say, hey, you know, your lifestyle choices aren't really helping these results last? That's a good question. I mean, with most people, um, I think I have them just cut whatever the irritant is in half. Not, don't take it away. It's too hard for a lot of people. Just cut it in half and see what happens. Now, something that's kind of interesting that you can use manual muscle testing for, and I use this with, with gluten sometimes when I'm suspecting somebody's injuries are coming from some kind of sensitivity, is they can actually put that coffee or a gluten in their mouth and you do a manual muscle test and see if that muscle is even more tender. So there is that part of it I can see works in science because as soon as you put that taste in the mouth and the tyrant starts to break it down, there's instant messages going to the central nervous system, which is going to make immediate changes within that manual muscle test. Putting a supplement on the belly over N12, that's a little bit more far-fetched. I know that sometimes mm -hmm. it has worked for me in the past, but I always have question marks about it. Um, but once you put something in the mouth, that's, that's a little bit, verifies it a little bit more, I think, for me. Did I answer and for the patient, because the patient goes, oh my gosh, wow, they, they see that direct correlation between that substance, whatever it is, to the um, weakening of that muscle. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Super cool. You mentioned motor points, and I know you just updated your motor point chart. Mm -hmm. what, what were the updates on that? Because I have your old one, so I got to know what the new one has on it. I think there's nine new updates, uh, not just updates, but also um, new muscles like the subclavius is in there. There's a new one for the pectoralis major, you know, and since this chart has been produced, which is less than four months ago, there's already new updates. So it's, it's ever changing about and ever evolving about where is the largest 
diameter motor nerve going into that muscle that we call the motor entry point. And it's, it's, uh, it's always changing. It's always, there's always new uh, evolutions with it. With each cadaver dissection that we do, it's very interesting to see how the motor entry nerve where it enters is a little different on almost everyone. And on some people, they may not even have the same motor point. It might be slightly lower or slightly above. It's very, it's quite fascinating. So it's, it's just something that I'm a bit of a geek about. And I think, so I've been doing this for so long, I feel very responsible and accountable for this knowledge and for the work that is being put out there by us. So I think it's really important to be uh, very clear as to the, the needle depths, where is that motor entry point, how it has varied. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just, just keeping people uh, informed. I can attest to the cadaver class. I think I was one of, I don't know if I was maybe right in the middle, but I had the privilege of attending your cadaver class back in the 90s. Are you still doing those classes anymore? Or is that part of SMAC? Uh, that's part of SMAC now, yes. We actually do four to six cadaver dissections per year. Um, yeah, so we're, we're doing a lot, which is great. I and mean, it's great learning. It's, it's every single specimen is been, has been uh, an always excellent tool for that. And, you know, we always give thanks to you for the donors because without them, we wouldn't be able to uh, research so much. And the research that we have is provided and helps other practitioners who help other patients. So it's, it's something that is, is very important in, in our minds. So important. I know for me, I can't tell you, this was in the late 90s. I did my cadaver class with you. And over that 20 plus year span, every time I'm putting a needle in a patient, I can see, mm. I can almost see through their body because of my experience in that class. So it is so valuable. Yes. I mean, for years, even now, I can close my eyes. I can still see how far I have the depth, which is something you wouldn't get unless you had that experience. So it's so valuable to our profession, like you said, and the research. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'll, I'll be walking down the street and I see somebody's bony structure and I can be able to see right through them. And if that patient only knew or that person only knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally seeing through them. Like you know, that's your, that's your superhuman, uh, that's your superpower. Yeah, well, I think anybody who can really develop that as long as you just, you know, put the work into it, right? And so it's, you like what you, like what you said, knowing the needle depth and understanding using that x-ray vision is invaluable. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that the sports medicine acupuncture certification program had four to six cadaver classes. It's a year-long program, is it not? It's actually, it is, it's like usually 14 months, but we're expanding now actually by... About 50 hours we're going to be expanding. Um, so we have four modules. There is a cadaver specimen dissection in each one of those where the day before class starts, uh, Brian Lau, my colleague and I, uh, will dissect out the specimen according to what our lecture is the next couple of days. And then after that, we go ahead and ship the specimen back to the tissue bank. That happens four times depending on the mat on the module. Then we are also working on three to four day cadaver dissections where we invite acupuncturists in and they actually do the dissection themselves. And then Brian and I would just go ahead and, and uh, look over and mentor and provide information with that. How do you do it all, Matt? I mean, okay, so you 
How many people have gone through the SMAC program? That's a good question. I don't know. Hundreds. I don't, really, I don't yeah, hundreds. Definitely. Hundreds. Definitely hundreds. Yeah. And, and there's going to be more. Uh, you're still holding it now, right? We are, yes. So when COVID hits, gosh, okay. So what happened with that? So March of 2019, we were in New Jersey and we just finished module two. We had module three and module four to go. Then COVID shut us down. So then we needed to figure out what we we're going to do. So we started putting all of the modules and we're still working on that online. So we have 75% of the program is available online, but we, we have reserved the 25% of the program that we will not put online because it's going to be the needle techniques and, and such. We want to make sure that people are doing it correctly and they're applying the information and the theories correctly. So people can take the online recordings and then show up for the live and they'll be just as prepared if somebody was in a live seminar. You know, one wow. good thing about the recordings though that I, I didn't I didn't really think about too much is that having a recording to go back and look and see what did that teacher do or what did that teacher say is so much different than a live seminar because you don't really have that aspect. So right. there's pros and cons to both. I am looking forward to the live seminars occurring again this November. We're gonna be continuing with the 2019-2020 program before the COVID hiccup and start that in New Jersey, back in New Jersey. Well, I can tell you, you will have a line of people wanting to join the next program cohort because I teach at Pacific College in the doctoral program and a lot of them identify areas where they want to expand or grow or enhance their practice. And I can't, I mean, literally hundreds have identified that program as one that they want to make sure is their next step in their journey of in their practice, even after the doctoral. So you're gonna have a line, I know for that. So you've got, you've got the sports medicine acupuncture certification program. Tell me a little bit, I know I interviewed Shelly Goldstein a little mm -hmm. bit ago and she shared with us the great news that you collaborated with Shelly on a program called Faces. And I think you did the motor points for that program, right? That was your contribution? Yeah, actually, I didn't really collaborate too much. This is all Shelly's thing. And by the way, Shelly's a great lady. Um, yes, she's the one that has really pioneered all of that. And then what she did is to invite top speakers into her program that's gonna complement the way that she's doing things. So it's, it's brilliant to do. Um, I was lucky enough that she did ask me about the motor points for the face. Um, just to be clear is I don't, I don't, I've never done facial cosmetic acupuncture. Um, this is more looking at trigeminal neuralgia and Bell's palsy and where are the motor points, how to be able to needle them, um, the depth of them, what to, what point, how, what, what channels to combine with these motor points on the face, a couple of different exercises, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to be able to to see people that are not used to any kind of musculoskeletal work or orthopedic work and all of that to see a different spin on this. So I thought so too, because it's you, it's Shelly, it's Marianne uh, Wakefield, yes. it's, and then Lillian Bridges. I mean, what yes. an awesome collection and collaboration of great minds 
on a topic. And I thought, what, a, what an amazing program. It just shows like how much of an influencer you are just in our field. And I, I love it. And then 25 years in the making was the book that you published in 2019, um, sports medicine, acupuncture book. How has that been? Were you able, I know with COVID, you didn't do a whole lot of book signings, but 2019, you had a book signing, didn't you? For the Yes. Yeah. 2000, 2019, you had a book signing at uh, Pacific College. Yeah. yeah. That's, at the symposium. Yes. Mm -hmm. and that was so, a lot of fun. Got a hand cramp. Now I, I'm curious. So how did that 25 years and you finally birthed the book and I'm using the word birth yes. on purpose because birthing a book is painful. It was a lot of work I can imagine. And so how, how was that experience for you writing that book? Um, it depends on the day, but over the 25 years, I would say sometimes it felt great. Other times I remember throwing a fit and just wiping everything off of my desk and just pure having a fit. It was um, a work of passion. It's a work of diligence. It was something that I had to finish and get done. I thank God for um, my good friend and editor, Adam Schreiber, because he really helped to steer the boat quite a bit with this and keep me on track. So yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a great effort for both of us in getting this book out. And there's still so much more to add to it. There's a lot of things that just didn't make the cut. <laughs> well, that's what second editions are for mm -hmm. when, when you feel up to it. But I saw the book. It's, it's a rather large book, my friend. It's, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, I know. We, we, yeah, we were going to actually break it into, into two volumes. There's a natural place to cut it into two volumes. But as we were heading downhill and we're really close to finishing this thing and just making it into that extra two volumes, it might've been an extra month or so. I almost, I almost said the F word there. So. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just said, no, let's go ahead and just put it all together and see what happens. But yeah, it's a heavy book. Don't drop it on your foot. No, it's a very, very heavy book. Or you could turn to page 961 and learn how to be able to treat it. <laughs> After you drop it on your foot. Yes. I just like, I kind of want to go back to what I said and how much I admire you. I, I, and I mean this, I mean, just my favorite professor. And then you've done so much for our field, even with the program, the SMAC program is one of the more accredited programs that are out there in our field. We're still growing as a profession and I, I honestly don't know how you do it all. Um, this program, the motor point chart, your online teaching, your um, edu uh, continuing education. And out of all those things, and you taught, you taught at the school forever. Then you went into continuing education. Then you created your own program. Then you wrote the book. Now you're doing collaborations. I mean, what are some of your favorite things over the last 20 some years that you've done? That's a very huge question. First of all, thank you so much for saying that, East. I really, that really touches me. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really wonderful to hear that kind of thing because it just, it just makes the long hours worth it when I hear that kind of thing. So thank you for that. I think I can collectively answer that by having people get it, having people understand 
what the heck I'm talking about, applying the theories and the applications and helping people that they never thought they could help before. That to me is the magical part of all of this, is, is seeing the light bulbs turn on and the excitement that grows from it. Because you're still in practice too, right? So you're also holding, your, you're back in private practice. You're juggling all of this. No, the practice I had to let go because being the president of the AccuSport education, it's over a full-time job in addition to the rest of things that I'm doing. So what I'm working toward is once these webinars are all recorded and we're getting back to the live seminars with only traveling every couple of months or so, is to start opening and hang my shingle again and have that private practice. But so I'm in the, I'm just in this space at the moment that I have to get this workload done and then I can get actually get back to practice, which I miss. I bet yeah, you do. Just miss collaborating with people and again, watching, watching the light bulb turn on with even a patient. I mean, I talked about earlier about how a student can be able to help their patients, but it's really wonderful to be able to see a patient come to you that they've seen a number of different people before, and then all of a sudden you help them, right? It's yeah. just, it's an amazing feeling. Well, you're doing that. You're actually helping thousands, tens of thousands, because every student that comes to your program, if they have a, a, a patient base of 50 to 100 patients, you're indirectly touching all of them. So you are still helping all the many people through the people that come to your programs, your classes, read your book, get your motor point chart, even just something like that is helping you know, tens of thousands that way. Wow, I never really thought about it that way. That's, that's pretty incredible. It is pretty incredible. The other thing I'll share with you is uh, my mantra is focus and finish. You know, it's like, cause I, you, you uh, have so many passions. And so just focus and finish, then I would love to see your shingle open up. You're in San Diego again, right? Yes. And for people to engage with you, if they want to sign up for the program, the sports medicine acupuncture program, that is all on your website, sportsmedicineacupuncture.com. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. And if anybody has any questions whatsoever, uh, Patricia is excellent. She's really quite good at answering questions. And also she chimes me in on a lot of things. So I put my two cents in with it as well. Um, we want to make sure that anybody who is interested in the program, that they get all of their questions answered. So they're making the right decision. And people can sign up for the entire program or they can just take one class. And if they like it, they can take two classes. If they like it, take another class. And eventually you may actually become possibly certified with it in sports medicine acupuncture. It all depends on how far they want to be able to take it, their education. I, I See, I didn't know that. I love it. And I'm looking at your website now and it says find. So people can go there and find certified sports medicine acupuncturists on that site as well. So once they finish your program, they're listed there as a certified sports medicine acupuncturist, correct? Well, they have to also take the examinations. And so there's four online examinations just to be able to show that they're keeping up with it. And then they have to pass the final practical examination, which is live. So it's either myself or Brian or somebody else will be the teacher. They have a case study and they have to pass that. So we do have quality control with this. With that. I think it's really important to have that. Too. I mean, if people are gonna be practicing and using the term sports medicine acupuncture, we have a certain regard to quality. Yeah, well, it reminds me of ABORM certification. So oh, in true. order to be called ABORM, 
Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have passed the competency exam. It's a five hour written exam mm -hmm. and uh, been in practice for two years. So it's very much on par with that. Mm -hmm. Are you working with NCCOM on this as well? I think they're involved at all or just that you get NCCOM credits? We get NCCOM credits. Yeah. That's, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. So again, anybody listening, watching, go to sportsmedicineacupuncture.com. That's where you can find the most up-to-date motor chart, um, motor point chart in the book. You can learn more about the program there. You can come to symposium, uh, Pacific Symposium this year for the nerve entrapment syndromes in the morning or the full day of manual muscle testing. Uh, workshop with Matt. Are you going to have somebody collaborating with you or are you teaching this by yourself at symposium? Um, I'll be teaching it by myself. Yes. And, then, and so things are opening up a little bit, you know, people are traveling again. Are you traveling? Are you, I know you said in November, you're going to start more of the live uh, sports medicine, acupuncture courses again. What else do you got going on? What else is up your sleeve? <laughs> Uh, let me check. Um, <laughs> He's literally uh, looking up his sleeve. <laughs> so the webinars are still taking a huge amount of time. Uh, we've got a really good team of people that are putting these together. Um, they have the cadaver dissection in them, have the motor point needling in them, uh, the didactic lectures. So it's just like taking the SMAC program, uh, but it's going to be on a recording. So that's, that takes a lot of time putting that together. In October, I'm going to be lecturing in the live, this will be the first live seminar. In October, we'll be in North Carolina. The Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine Association invited me to come out there to Charlottesville and to lecture. So that'll be the very first live seminar. So that'll be a lot of fun. I think that's in the very beginning of October, the North Carolina Association. And then we have our own SMAC program starting in November, where we will finish module three and then module four in January. April, I believe. Is that going to be in San Diego or are you going to be back on the East Coast for that? Um, so that's, we're going to finish up our commitment in New Jersey. So the 2019-2020 SPAC program that got cut, we're going to finish module three and module four just to finish that commitment. And then after that, we're looking at different venues across the United States to bring the next program. And then like this morning, you were doing a uh, question and answer uh, that was with American Acupuncture Council. So, I mean, you're so busy. Yeah, it's pretty busy. <laughs> Do you ever say no? Uh, I have to. Yeah, I, I definitely have to say no with certain things. But um, it's also really important just to keep in, involved as well, right? So, um, and I like what I do. I love it. It's infectious. It is. I mean, you... You are infecting people in a good way on the passion of this medicine, how we can help people with our medicine, with our tools, um, with everything that's in your book and on your chart and in your classes and in your program. And um, I want to say thank you for that. Thank you. I use all of the things I've learned from you. I've been using them for 20 plus years in my practice. And I, I also closed my practice because I had to focus and finish but with, you know, I still practice, friends, family, loved ones always are coming over and I'm always using everything I learned from you. East, that is such a great everything. compliment. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
So guys, um, I think we're going to wrap it up. I hear the water calling because if you don't already know this about Matt, he's an avid surfer. And if you've listened to anything in this podcast, you can hear that he is a busy individual and deserves a water break. And so we might take a nice water break here because the water is a nice warm 70-ish here in San Diego. Not to make other people listening jealous of that fact, but it's well-deserved, my friend. And um, anything else you want to share? Any other ways that people can engage with you? They can go to your website. They can contact you there. Patricia's also there to answer questions. Come see you at Symposium. Come see you for the live events. That's That sounds like it's wrapping it up. That sounds pretty good. Okay. Okay. This has been a pleasure again to see you. Hope to see you again. Uh, either like this or in person would be better. Thank you, East. I really, really appreciate the time. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Bye, Matt. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye.